Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic, medium, and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. In the last uh, few years, actually in the last 10 years, I've been doing a lot of um, self-work, meaning that I've been um, going within and trying to heal a lot of the trauma and a lot of the pain that I endured in my earlier years of my life. And for me to be able to move forward, I have to release and let go of some of my stories, some of the stuff that I was still being affected by. Um, Most of us don't realize that what we go through in our lives, especially when we're children, um, some of the pain and trauma that we experience, it turns us into something we become something because of it and it's a conditioning that takes place over many years sometimes Um, for some people it might happen in one moment for others it might take several years Um, and then uh, over time you begin to take action and react to things in ways that supports that old story that old state of being i don't want to really be ruled by the old version of myself. And I think this is something that I talked about in one of my recent videos um, where, you know, in order to move forward, you really have to see who you've been and then make a different choice. Choose to be someone else, choose to be someone different, to, to be the, the the being that you choose to be, that you want to be in the world and in your life. So for me, part of that process has been going within and trying to release some of the trauma and to understand um, and give myself what I need, what I've needed for many years of my life that I didn't get, that I didn't receive from my upbringing. So it's about going in and just like exposing the shadow self, the part of you that is the underlying condition, the underlying factor, the underlying you that is uh, at the wheel, um, kind of affecting your decision-making process, uh, affecting your mindset, affecting your your prosperity level. And there, there are things that are affecting your prosperity level. But, you know, I, with all the people that I've worked with, they always think that, oh, you know, I have a block and... Uh, And what do I do, Fernie? Because I have this block. And I always say, well, you know, sometimes it's just mindset. Sometimes there's something way more um, embedded in your being that is just needing to be exposed and released. And once you release it, then it starts to shift and change the energy around you and you begin to transform because of it. Um, For me, I have gone through this exact process. I've been going through this for about 10 years now, just going through and trying to transform and change and to heal and release all of that trauma. So what I want to share with you today was um, some pieces from a session that I did. I did a past life regression, not a past, I'm sorry, not a past life regression, a, a regression to take me back to the moments when these traumas appeared in my life, when they began, um, when they became embedded in my state of being. So I've been working with um, a very talented um, hypnotherapist. Her name is Suvani. She's very good at what she does, and she, I think, has the right approach for healing and for working through the shadow self, the part of you that needs to be be healed. And working with her has been just an absolute uh, amazing opportunity and joy for me. And not only that, but it's been super helpful. 
So she was helping me with my Aja work in the beginning when I was starting to do more trance with Aja. She was helping me to get into that. And now she's helping me with some of the shadow work that I needed to do to kind of get past some of those traumas and to really heal from the deepest possible place. So I'm going to share uh, some of that with you here. And I hope you guys will understand a little bit more about hypnotherapy and about regressions, how they work, what may happen during a regression and and what that process is like. Um, and for those of you who are interested in a session, feel free to reach out to Savani. I'll include her information uh, in the post. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys get something from this and I hope it gives you a chance to heal some of the trauma that you have, um, you may be struggling or suffering from as well. Children experience different things in a family structure, and they don't have the power then. They're little kids. You know, they don't have the power to speak up. They don't even really know what's going on. They oftentimes take it on as something's wrong with them or that they're being bad or wrong or not enough. You know, So the, the, the little child takes all that on when the parents are being dysfunctional or not meeting the needs of the child. The child never thinks it's the parents any problem with the parents, the child immediately takes it on as something in itself, mm-hmm. you know, and all kids do that. And they'll start to think, Oh, well, you know, um, you know, daddy's not here because, you know, I'm not, I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. You know, something wrong with me, you know, I'm not getting the love, you know? So the child starts to create that kind of, uh, in its mind, you know, it begins to create beliefs like you, we did in that first session. And I have my the notes here from, you know, certain beliefs that you took on, you know, back then, which was feeling not even worthy of existing, not worthy of love, I'm not wanted, there's something wrong with me. You know, those were beliefs you shared, you know, that you, you, you took on early on because of the circumstances. So so that child, you know, I, I always say that the, the we all get wounded. The, we're kind of adults with inside of us, there's a wounded child that hasn't been healed for most of us, you know, some people who've done the work, their child's healed and they're more integrated with that part of themselves, you know, mm-hmm. but for most of us, you know, there's, there's still some parts of that child that, that those needs were not met and certain needs were not met and, or it was treated in a certain way. And then it took on certain beliefs about itself that weren't true. So those beliefs that you took on about you, none of them are true. Mm-hmm. None of that's true about you, and it wasn't true about you back then, but you believe that, and there's part of your adult self that still believes that, even though you're working on it, you know, consciously. This is subconscious type of stuff. You know, these beliefs were very deep. They were kind of taken Brainwashed into, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And for many, many years, they're operating kind of in the subconscious part of the mind, you know, even though consciously we may have worked on certain layers of it. So that's why... This work, I think, is so essential in our healing path is to create a connection to that young part of us and to go back there, uh, almost like back in time a bit, and to connect with that child and to give it a voice, uh, to communicate with it. You're going to, in other words, I'm going to guide you in establishing a healthy relationship with the child. Mm. So you're, you get to be the healthy adult in the room (laughs) (laughs) yeah you get to be the loving healthy adult in the room and you know learning how to 
meet the needs of the child, okay? And to be able to affirm the child in a way that it wasn't, maybe it didn't get enough affirmation, most of us don't from our parents, you know, get enough positive affirmation and appreciation. So you'll have an opportunity in some of these processes to begin to uh, really voice that to the child, you know, to affirm the child, to reflect back to the child the absolute intelligence and, and perfection and innocence of the child, you know, mm-hmm. you'll get to affirm and reflect that back to that part of yourself that may have not gotten enough affirmation in those ways. Most of us go through life and feel like we've never been truly seen, never been truly seen for who we are. Mm. And so there's a part of us yearning for to be seen, and in a sense, seen meaning who we really are, and to be uh, reflected, to have that reflected back to us, and to be appreciated for who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the yearning I think inside all of us. And most of us did not get that. You know, did not get enough positive reflection back as a child to that 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 child really would know that it is so loved and so cared for and that it mattered and that it was important to the caretakers, the people around it, you know? And a lot of children (laughs) did not get that message, you know? And oftentimes there's neglect or abuse or dysfunction in some ways. So the children take on other beliefs about themselves and that continues to go into the adult mind. And that's what we still suffer from as adults. I, I had asked about um, kind of, because it's just kind of a good st- sort of way to stimulate memory and feeling was the um, completion letter, you mm-hmm. know, with your um, with with the primary people in your life. Those are the important people to start with anyway, usually mother, father, or your direct caretakers, you know. Yeah. And, of course, there could be siblings involved, too. But right now we're working on prim- the primary ones, you know. Um, stepfather, stepmother, and all that. So, what, what did you want to share in yeah. general? Kind of what came up for you? Yeah, I um, actually. I'll as far as you may have gotten with that. Yeah, I, I, I wrote this really quickly. Yeah, I've, I've done these before, so I think I had, I was pretty familiar with the issues that I had with each of these individuals and the primary areas that I've been affected by. Um, so I wrote down for my mom. I said. I forgive you for the decisions you made during my youth that put our health, wellness, and mental stability at risk. I understand that you believed you were making good decisions, but they were not, and those mistakes have impacted all of our lives. It forced you into mental instability and a regular cycle of being institutionalized. We did not have the opportunity to know each other as fully realized and healthy people, and the relationship we have now is limited and distant. I love you, and I know that you were following your heart in those actions. I understand the pull towards such a toxic relationship, for I have been through this myself, but I forgive you for those decisions and for how much of a disruption it created for all of us. I forgive you for and see you now as you are, not as I prefer or desire you to be. I accept you and know that we will connect again in full divine form. I look forward to that moment so that experience um, you, so that I may experience you in the most loving and authentic way. As you are currently conditioned and medicated, I accept. 
I will not be able to maintain a close relationship with you as, as it is too difficult and toxic for my being to support. I love you. So that was the letter to my mother. Mm -hmm. um, Do you have any? I just want to. Yeah, um, yeah. Just one thing here. Um, is there? Can you exp, what you? Everything you you shared was 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 really great. But what were your primary feelings about this? You know, with her, I think the, there was three primary feelings. There was a feeling of betrayal. Because she chose love over the safety of her family. And it was a toxic love, which was with the stepfather. Um, and not only that, but it, you know, the loving of my father, my biological father, that was also not a good idea because he wasn't a part of our lives and she had to raise me on her own. So, I, so there was a sense of betrayal that the safety of your family wasn't important, my stability, my happiness wasn't important, you chose someone else who had only been in your life for so many days or weeks or whatnot. So that was one. The second one was a frustration of her inability to put herself right after all this was said and done. In other words, for myself, I, I have such high expectations for myself to handle things when things don't go well. I can handle it and I can deal with it. Now I may struggle afterwards, but I know I can get through anything. And so that is always, and, and I do that not only for myself, but I do that for everyone around me because no one can really deal with another person to have to care for or take care of like what we had to do with my mother. So I think the expectation for myself is so high that I expected something similar from her that she could put herself right or fix herself from all of the pieces that had become because of the experiences. So there was a, a sense of uh, frustration, a sense of betrayal. Um, the last one was a sense of regret that I didn't get to know her as well as an adult that I knew her in my youngest years as a child because I remember my mother being very loving. She still is very loving, but very loving, very um, cheerful. Her laugh was just infectious. It was so loud. It would feel that she laughed. She was the loudest laughter in the room. So if she <laughs> laughed, you knew she was having a great time. So I remember those little details that were part of her personality. And she was actually very strong and independent when I was a kid. And then once she entered into this relationship, <clears throat> that's when everything changed. So there's a regret there that I didn't know her or get to know her in my later years as the person that she was when I was a child, when I was very early. Uh, child's childhood so there was a, a feeling of that as well because later you're saying later on it got worse for her uh, her mental challenges got worse for her later so your regret is that you couldn't know her as an adult as she was with you when Correct. you were young yes. the person she was with yeah. you when you were yeah yeah did you, did you feel any anger toward her oh i still carry some of that anger i think out of all of the emotions around my mother, I think the one that I still experience and, and tr it gets triggered is the anger, is the yeah. resentment for all of that. Now, I've worked on releasing and forgiving, but it's not an overnight process, as you know. It takes time to like release that pain and that trauma. So for me, I think moving here was a big step in that because I limited the interaction with her so that it was not as consistent. Um, and for me, our relationship now is on my terms. It's not on her terms, it's on my terms. So I will do as much as I can with her at this time, but I won't allow myself to just be there 
dealing with the brunt of it because it's not healthy for me. So yeah. I, so that limitation is there for a reason. That 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 um, that boundary is there for a reason. So, but when I talk to her, because I I try to limit my interaction with her to one once a week, and it's usually a conversation that lasts less than ten minutes on the phone. But I limit it because she doesn't always remember what she says and it becomes this like repetitive cycle with her repeating herself and not only that but she doesn't comprehend something a lot of things she has a comprehension level of of a six-year-old i mean her mindset is just very very reduced but that isn't always the case with other people because other people have different experiences with her that i don't and that's another form of resentment because she's holding back and not expressing herself and she's only expressing the part of herself that is a victim or a person that is stuck in circumstances and she doesn't express these other aspects of herself with me that she has with other people so there's resentment there and there's anger towards her for that so that's still very present very part of my um, story but it's something that I am still continuing to work on but this what I've done so far has been a process in that direction okay good good uh, <clears throat> What was the time frame when your father your father left when you were very young, right? I never knew my father. He never wasn't he was only there for the moment of my conception. That was it. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So he was just out of the scene. He just Correct. wasn't even there, right? Okay. Okay. And then how many years passed until your mother got together with your yeah. stepfather? Yeah, it you know, it was just us two and we had actually a very close relationship and then once she met the stepfather, which was around six or so, I believe. You were six. You were yeah, six years old. About six years okay. old, and uh, when he actually, I take that back. It might have been around the five, four or five, around the time the picture was taken, because I think he'd already been in the picture when this picture was taken. Um, he came into the picture, and after that, it, everything was about him, and we still had my mother and I still did things together. Sometimes we would. She would hop on the bus and take me to Woolworths in downtown, and we would have, you know, something to eat at her friend's restaurant. So we still had these moments, but a lot of it had changed after he entered the picture. And then, of course, my sisters came into the picture as well, and my relationship with her after that just did not maintain that level of closeness or connection. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So you were, you were you the first child? I was the first child. Okay, so you were like an only child for mm -hmm. four or five years? I was a little prince for four or five years, yeah. That's what I was, yes, mm -hmm. exactly, yeah. And you lost your position. Yeah, I lost my position. <laughs> but, well, you know, and by nature, I wasn't, as a child, I wasn't angry with my sister, and I actually wasn't angry with my stepfather. I loved all of them. And when my, my sisters came along, I was so excited and happy to have a little you know little girl and, yes and so I would take care of her and I would treat her like she was my own child so I was very loving to all of them so I think it, it the I think what hurt the most was the loss of that connection with my mother and then seeing how he was changing her and how I was never going to get that connection back and and that was the end and almost a death for her because and I, I tell people I said I, I lost my mother when I was a child and now who I know is not the same person it is a it is a, a fraction a figment of who she was but it is what she is so uh, but so there's more um, there was more love then but you know as an adult and as I got older 
dealing with my mother became more tiresome and more frustrating and it was because she had gone through that transformation so the anger came in much later in my life when i was an adult, a young adult and teenager i see right interesting so as a child you kind of accepted the change mm -hmm. with the stepfather and, and you said you loved him at yeah. least in the beginning there yeah, i was happy i would i'd been wanting and asking and praying for a father since i was a child i used to cry to my mother why doesn't my father father love me where is he and for this man to come in he, even though he was a stranger he did begin the relationship in a in, in gestures that were out of affection and love but once they were married which was a very short time later his complete his personality completely changed and so that's when i realized that we had all been fooled and this wasn't who he said he was and but it took me a while to figure that all slowly through the painful process of abuse with that and seeing my mother go through the same abuse process did he have children of his own was this his first marriage or second marriage i believe this was his first marriage um, I believe this was his first marriage. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And he was very loving to my sisters. He absolutely adored my sisters. He would not even lay a finger on them. Um, very protective of them. But with me, not the same thing. I wasn't his son. I was another man's child. And there was I was in the way. And I was one more mouth to feed and one more responsibility he didn't want. So... Got it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> That's we're gonna put that over on the side for a second because I just want to focus on your mother right now. Okay. Because this is a really big one. Right? The mother. <laughs> it's the big one. Um, <clears throat> so any other, you know, as you look at that little boy, that little boy. It's interesting. You chose the photograph of, of him when he's four or five years old, right? Mm -hmm. So that is around the time that things shifted Correct. for him, yeah. right? Now, in, in general, if uh, just kind of tuning in to what the child may have uh, taken on about itself as a result of the mother. We're just going to focus on the mother right now, mm -hmm. okay? And, you know, what that child, as a result of what happened in this, in the beginning, in the first five years, he probably felt loved and yeah. whatnot. Right by the mother, he got a lot of attention, so he probably felt affirmed in that way with mm -hmm. her the first five years. But it sounds like something at four or five shifted. Well, not quite, oh, not yet. But this other man came mm -hmm. into the, the picture, right? Yes, yes. But you don't have any feelings yet of any problems with that in the beginning part of that when he comes into the picture. Right. right? I, I I experienced it as a, who is this? Who is this person? But then. And, and he came in with love, but then it changed over time. So but in the beginning, it was a nice connection. So you accepted him pretty easily. You were, you were young. You were yeah. only right, four or yeah. five years old. Yeah. So and I, was, I wanted a father, and he would, he would have been my father. Right, and he kind of played that in the beginning there yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in general, you know, if you can kind of tune in, there's different phases here, but the first five years seems like, you know, overall it was probably – she probably met your needs pretty well. It was a great time. I think that was the best part of my childhood was the first five years. I sense that too. Mm -hmm. I sense that. And that's actually very good. And that's, that's actually a good news thing because the first six years of the child is when the foundation is set up for yes. the child. You know, yeah. the emotional cognitive foundation is set pretty much in the mm -hmm. first six years or so. So those first five years, you had a lot of positive experiences. So that's a good thing. There's some kind of 
in, in your being, there is a foundation, a positive foundation that, that was there for those first five years, four mm -hmm. or five years. So that's, that's a positive thing that supports you, yeah. you know. But, of course, there are a lot of other things then that unfolded from there. So let's take a moment and just <clears throat> kind of feel into um, when, when things started to shift. Let's look at that point, you know, when um, a lot of her attention started going toward your stepfather. And so she, you didn't have as much of her attention and, you know, that kind of phase that started to move in there. But we're still talking about your relationship to your mother. Uh, what did what do you think little Fernie felt um, when she started when things started shifting and it started moving past that first five years or so? Uh, what were some of the beliefs that he started taking on about himself? Do you think um, as a result, we're just working with the mother right now in terms of the relationship he had with her. So her his relationship, little Fernie's relationship changed with your mom mm. after around five, six years there. And. And so what did he, what do you think he felt if you kind of tune into that part of you around that transition time when your mother wasn't giving you as much attention, mm -hmm. uh, she was focusing more on your stepfather. Uh, if you can kind of tune into that, maybe how did that part of you feel when mm -hmm. that started to happen? Or what did you start to feel about yourself when your mother wasn't showing up for you? I right? think, yeah, I, I, I would say that I felt a lack of love, a, her actions were a lack of love, a, a, almost a choosing of, I'm not going to love you as much because I'm going to love him or the pain or the circumstances. So there was more focus on loving that more and loving me less is how I, how I, how I accepted and acknowledged that. And it did create a sense of anger. I do remember there was some anger, but it was more not understanding why. Why can't things be the way they were? Why can't things go back to before this happened? Why can't we fix this? You know, and there was more of a why, why, why. Then I, I remember, I think, asking her, you know, let's just go or let's, you know, and she said no, like she was going to stay and try to work on things. And I asked why, I didn't understand that. So there was a lot of confusion because I didn't understand the complexity of human, adult human relationships. And all I knew is that this had just, just changed everything. And, yeah. and I also felt abandoned because at a time during that same period, he wasn't working, she was. And because I was left at home many times with him, I would be hurt or there was abuse. And I felt that she wasn't around to protect me or to keep me from experiencing that. So I also felt betrayed and abandoned as well, even though she was off working and trying to maintain the house, but I just didn't understand. Sure, sure. kids don't. No, no, no. But this is, this is good. This is the material we're going for. It's like, how did the child take it? Mm -hmm. you know? Like, what, did, what was their, what did they make up in their minds yeah. that, you know, what's happening? Yeah. So oh, I was in a constant state of fear at that time, I think, because I didn't know if that day I was going to be hurt or not. So I would try to find ways to not be around and I would go and play with the kids, go spend time with the neighbors. 
um, I just, I would do my very, I remember, I think, uh, yeah, she just wasn't around. So I would just go and spend time with kids and try to be, make as many friends as I could. But even then, you know, I didn't want to be there. And every time she would leave and be in a V and take the car to go to, to work, they would drive her. I would go running behind the, the car, just screaming and like hitting, banging on the car, asking her not to leave me, not to leave me because I knew that I was going to be hurt. Um, and she, I, I know that there were days that she would cry because I could see her crying through the window because I, she couldn't, she had to go to work. Um, but I, I didn't want to get hurt. Yeah. Did she know this was going on? Did she know that, did you share with her? Did oh, you yes. tell? Oh yes. She, I think she knew the family, everyone knew and the family had been wanting her to leave for some time and they offered her shelter and support. But her love and her feelings just overrode her judgment. So she kept bringing us back into that environment. Interesting. Her love for, 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 for her partner? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Her uh -huh. husband. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Overrode uh, protecting you. Right. So you must have felt very angry about that. Oh, yeah. And I think as I got older, that's when the anger kicked in. Like I think much older because that's when I, re I realized how much how many really bad decisions she made during that period in our lives for the purpose of wanting to be loved herself, wanting to have someone adore her or make her feel special or make her feel like she wasn't in it on, in on her own. So I, I, which I understood, but I, that may, meant nothing to me because I was, I was being hurt and she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're doing great as keep, you know, kind of tuning in. If there's anything else that the child may have gone through and felt that needs to be, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's helpful for it to be just brought out on the table. Mm -hmm. You know, what did that child experience around all that? You mm -hmm. know, so anything else that just kind of comes just from a stream of consciousness about that. I think I also felt like I like nothing was solid. Everything was in flux or moving because we had moved around several times, and because I didn't know what to expect every day, I think I felt a lack of support, a lack of that solid foundation to have as a child. I didn't have that after that point, so I felt very unstable. Our, our lives felt unstable, and. I didn't like feeling that, but I didn't understand it at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So any other feelings around that feeling of, of being in flux or moving a lot? Any mm -hmm. other feelings around that? Um, I, think I, I think a part of me was waiting to be rescued. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think a part of me, I think I realized that my mother wasn't going to change things and our family wasn't forcing change so I felt I was waiting for someone to rescue me for someone to swoop me up out of that horrific situation and just say I've got you it's gonna be okay I've got you that never happened but I remember I remember one night laying on the couch staring up at the stars and asking the universe asking God to save me, to protect me, to change it, change it so that I was safe. Um, I remember that. 
so there's a lot of fear there. The child had a lot of fear, right? There's a lot of fear going on there. Not feeling safe or supported, not feeling stable, yeah. wanting to be rescued. Please come, somebody take care of me and rescue me here. Right, probably that's what the, the child felt. Yeah. Yeah, and the, 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 just the, the feeling of physical pain was so consistent and unbearable that I just could not fathom one more experience, one more experience. So it just, it was at a point where I could not bear it. And I mean, I'm, I'm shocked I didn't have a mental breakdown as a child because it just was such an unbearable situation to be stuck in, to have to deal with that. Um, and I, like I said, I, I, I just was waiting to be rescued, waiting to be rescued. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what age did this, um, I mean, what did your stepfather do? Was he uh, hitting you, spanking you? Oh, yes. You? Yes, he was, he, was, he was physically abusive. Um, he didn't really talk very much, so I wouldn't say he was emotionally abusive, but he was physically abusive, which is, of course, the same thing as emotionally Equally, abusive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was physically abusive. Um, and so... I remember a one, I remember two specific, actually I remember three specific episodes with that. Um, one episode was in our first apartment where I had spent the majority of my childhood with my mom before we, were, we had to move. Um, and in that uh, apartment, I think she had not done something he wanted her to do and he got angry with her. So he picked up a coffee mug and he hit her across the head with the coffee mug and it broke and shattered in like a thousand pieces all over the floor. And I remember that because I remember hearing, I still to this day could hear those pieces of the mug just like hitting the floor and scattering about the, the wood floors. So that was one experience. Um, there was another one, same place where we had these couches and I was with my cousin and we had gotten an orange and I was peeling the orange and I peeled the orange and I left the orange peel on the sofa. And he saw that I had left the orange peel on the sofa and he got so angry. And when he got so angry, and I don't think my cousin had witnessed his anger before. This was the first time she had encountered it as well. But he had gotten so angry that he immediately um, pulled his belt off and he picked me up by one of my legs into the air. The rest of me is just flailing around trying to get down to the floor. But he's got me lifted up and then he started to just like just beat me with the belt and the belt buckle specifically so just hitting me and beating me across and I'm there hanging in the air and my cousin is screaming and just like screaming that he put me down or to, to for someone she's almost screaming to, for her mom who wasn't there but she's just trying to get help and I'm screaming trying to find a way to get away and every single time it was just you know feeling the pain the physical pain so that was another experience and then there was a third experience that I remember where um, we had moved to another apartment and um, I had broken, I had accident, so the, the toilet wasn't working and I thought, and this was, I was still a kid, I was just a little kid, but the toilet wasn't working and I was like, why is it not working? And I didn't want to ask him for help because I, w I didn't want him to beat me for asking him for help. So I decided I was going to fix the toilet myself. So I lifted the toilet cover off of it, put it down. I started jiggling with stuff, trying to figure it out. And then I just didn't know what I was doing. So I took the cover to put back on and it, it dropped and fell and broke. 
Um, and so at that point, I was in such fear that this was the end and I was going to survive this. So I immediately just went over to my neighbor's house um, and it was like a neighbor, maybe two or three apartments down. And I asked, you know, I just hung out there for a second just so that they would be comfortable with me visiting. And then I asked if I could use the bathroom and they said, of course. So I went to the bathroom and I went and just hid um, next to the side of the toilet between the toilet and the shower, just hid there for about two hours, two or three hours, just hiding there until the, I think the, the neighbor, the, the, the lady, she realized what was going on. And then she told the stepfather that I was hiding and I was scared because I was worried that he was going to hurt me. And he came over and he made a big joke of it. And he said, no, I would never hurt him. I love him. And, you know, and he's my son or whatever. And so he just played a part, um, took me home and he did not hurt me, but I think it's because he knew he was on the radar. So I think he didn't want to do anything that was going to bring attention to himself. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, let's take a, take a breath here. Um, so th there's, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot here. You know, the stepfather situation is a, is a big one unto mm -hmm. itself. And, you know, uh, we'll, we'll work with, I want to work with that one with you too, because that's huge. It's a really big one. And the child uh, went through a lot of wounding there, you know, around the relationship to the stepfather. Yeah. And again, the whole thing is the children are, Small children are powerless, you know, they really are kind of victims, you right. know, to these situations. And so there's so much anger that, that, you know, the child is going to feel as a result of the way, you know, the abuse that it received, mm -hmm. you know. So um, the healing of all of that will be, you know, guiding you into uh, becoming that child's advocate, uh, going back into maybe a situation we can do. We'll do this through a hypnotherapy thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then being able to stand up and speak to your stepfather as an adult man and and advocate and rescue the child basically in the situation mm -hmm. so that kind of role that you will we can work on that in a session will be really powerful to for you to be able to do something about that situation mm -hmm. so you actually return back to that situation but you step in as the empowered adult on behalf mm -hmm. of the child yes Yes. And speak what you need to say to that man who's about to abuse that child. Yeah. Both of these figures were primary figures for big pieces of wounding for the child in different ways, yeah. you know. When I think my mother, because she wasn't there for a majority of me going through these experiences, she didn't realize or know the extent of it. And so it limited her decision-making process because a lot of this had been hidden from her and she even to this day there are some things she just doesn't know because no one talked about it no one really you know told her about those experiences or the situations and i think that's another part of the anger and resentment towards her because she didn't do she wasn't there she wasn't there when i needed she her the didn't most protect she didn't she protect, didn't me. protect yeah. you and, 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 of course, that's a uh, reason for a lot of anger, you know, on behalf of the child. Like, the child felt terrified. And why don't you protect me, Mommy? Yeah. You know? I mean, that, that would be in the child's mind. Where are you? Why aren't you protecting me from this? You know, I'm getting hurt. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the feelings of the little boy, you know? Was she working the first five years of your life, or did that happen yes. later? Oh, no. She'd been, she always worked. I think uh, she stopped working once she became ill, mentally and emotionally ill, and, and that just ended her having a normal, you know, working 
um, life. So right. she worked for for most of that time. Very independent single mother. Well, she was a, she was a single mother, right, yeah. for the first five years mm -hmm. or so of your life. So it was just you and her, mm -hmm. right? It was just you and her. Yes. But who took care of you when she worked the first five years of your life? Um, it depended. Um, there were times I would stay with family members. There were I would spend time with the neighbors across the street. There was a woman across the street who had like millions of children. So I was always over there playing with the children. Um, there was a woman that lived right in front of our house uh, apartment as well. And I would spend time with her daughter as well. And there was also at some point a neighbor upstairs who had a cute little redheaded boy who was my first boyfriend. Um, and so uh, I would play with them as well. So there was a there were a bunch of people. It was a community area with a bunch of people with families. And so there were people that you just babysit you and she would, you know, give them food or sometimes pay them in doing the favor, re returning the favor. I got it. Yeah. So, but but your 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 feet, your memories of that are overall positive, even yes. when you, you yes. were being taken yes. care of by other people and Absolutely. everything. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I I don't remember having any negative experiences with any of the neighbors or the 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 people in that area. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So overall positive experience those first five years. So, okay. So this so this is really again when, um, it was. It, did you did did you. I don't think you felt you didn't feel the abandonment um, in the beginning when your stepfather first came in. I'm just trying to zero into this time frame when when you started to feel the abandonment. Well, how, how old do you think you were then? The abandonment, I think, happened weeks after he entered the, the picture. Weeks okay. after. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the first time I met him, I, we were at a park. My mother and I were at a park, and I was just playing with my little Mickey Mouse that I got out of a, car, uh, a little a cereal box that was my little toy and I remember um, sitting there playing and she was waiting for something I had no idea what she was waiting for but she was waiting and a, a bus pulled up and he came out with the suitcase walked over and she you know hugged him and I didn't know who the stranger was and then she just introduced him as you know my father my new father um, so that was it <laughs> he was I mean he had a suitcase in his hand so that was the first experience of introducing him into my life was him moving in the first time I ever met him and this is your father now so it was kind of a, just a matter of fact yeah so she had been dating him but you didn't know him before I didn't know then. It. yeah she had been because she used to clean offices in downtown um, and they met at night because she used to work the night shifts um, so they met there and they began their love affair while they were um, I I honestly think they may have already been married by that point so they may have already gotten married by the time I met him okay interesting okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of kind of a shock do you remember do you have any memory of what you might have felt in that meeting or that day I was confused but I was trying to make sense of it I didn't understand I just it, it, it was just such a in-my-face change that I just didn't understand at the time what was going on, and you know he was like he was very kind. He was very uh, uh, um, very gentle in those few weeks, those first few weeks. It didn't take very long for him to change. It, it just, I mean, I really want to say it took two to three weeks before he made that big switch and started to act in a way that was way different from what um, he had introduced himself as. Mm -hmm. So what didn't take long before that happened, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's take a breath here. And um, 
So what, I, what I'm going to recommend here is that we do a little regression here, okay? And we go back to um, a time when that child had those feelings, okay? And where do you find yourself now? Where are you now? I'm on a dirt road that exits the apartment that we live at. And what do you what do you see there? Are there any other people there? There are other kids and an older lady who lives in the house next door. And what are you? Where are you going, or what are you doing there on this dirt road by your apartment? Um, my mother just left in the car, and uh, she's gone. So I'm just standing there waiting to see if she'll turn back around or she'll come back. So take a few moments and see if she, if she comes back. No, she doesn't come back. So how, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling lost don't really know what to do. Are you by yourself right now on the road? Yes. Where do you think you're going to go next? I don't want to go back to the apartment. So I, I'm going to go to the neighbor's house. So, adult Fernie now come, come in here to this scene and see yourself arriving to the scene now, to this dirt road with this young boy, young Fernie. And in the, in the state that he's in right now, you're walking up to him now on this dirt road. And what might you like to say to this child right now? Hi, sweetheart. I'm going to be with you for a little while. I'm going to stay here with you. She'll come back. She's going to come back when she's done working. I know you're afraid. I know you don't want to go back to the apartment. I know that you're afraid that he's going to hurt you. But I'm going to stay with you for a while until she comes back. Don't worry. I'll protect you. He's not going to touch you. You don't have to worry about him as long as I'm here. So tune into the tune into the child. Notice how the child feels. Or what did the child want to say to you? To the adult. Thank you. Thank how's you. Little, how's little Fernie feeling? after hearing this from you? I, I still don't trust it. I still don't trust this. He might leave too. I don't know who he is. So talk to him. Adult, adult for me. Talk to him. Let him know who you are. And take a moment to gain his trust. Baby, I'm you. 
I'm the big you. I'm the bigger version of you. And I know you don't know who I am. And I know you don't know what to do right now. And you're feeling worried and you're still afraid and scared. But I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to be with you through this. And I'm going to help guide you so that you can be okay. I'm not going to let you be hurt again. I promise you. I swear it. I'm not going anywhere. Take a deep breath. And notice how the child responds to this. What does the child, does the child want to say something to you? No, I, I don't feel words more a sense of relief and just wanting to hug, wanting to feel hugged. And I hug him. I hold him and I just stand there and keep him held within me so that he knows that I mean what I say. I mean it. I'm not going anywhere. I know you are used to your mom saying this and leaving, but I'm not going anywhere. I promise you. So take a few moments now for the two of you to just be in that embrace and just allow the little child in you to feel how it's being held by the adult, the loving adult, and also tune into that part of you that's the adult that's offering that protection and love and comfort to the child. And just take a few moments for this giving that love and support, but also the part of you that's being held and protected and comforted. Give yourself a little time to feel both parts here. And the part of you that's the little child being held, how is it feeling right now? I feel hope. feel hope. And the adult part of you that's holding that part of you, protecting and holding and loving that little child, you're holding and embracing that part of yourself. What's your experience as the adult doing that? He's so fragile. He's mm -hmm. so small. I don't understand why someone would want to hurt this child. He's so little and he can't do anything to hurt anyone. He's so innocent. He's no threat to anyone. Why would someone want to hurt him? Continue staying in that embrace. Just holding him. He may need to be held for a little while here. You feel safe. He says, I feel like his mom. Hmm. Now speaking to him from your heart, is there anything else you want to say? Maybe um, affirming him that he's important to you, that he matters, that what he needs is important to you, and that you'll be there the best you can for him. Anything like that. Some affirmation for the little child. Life is not easy. It's challenging and people don't always know how to be nice. They don't always know how to be kind. 
But it's important that you remember to always be kind, to always still have love in your heart. And don't let that go. And don't let anyone scare you or make you think that that doesn't matter because it does. And there's a lot of things that people feel pain about, that people are sad about. And you're going to feel that sometimes too. But I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And I'm going to keep bringing you forward with me. And I'm going to keep being there when you think I've gone, I'm going to still be there. So don't be afraid. I'm still here. I'm going to be with you. You're special and your mom loves you. We all love you. Just because one person can't understand that or because one person can't experience that part of you doesn't mean you aren't worth anything. You are worth everything. And you are precious. And you matter. You deserve to be here. And you deserve to be loved. And to feel safe. And to feel protected. And I'm going to help you with this. And I'm going to give you this. So trust me, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. He says, can I go play now? <laughs> he feels safe. Oh, beautiful. So you can ask him if there's anything else that he wants to say to you for now. And just, you know, kind of let him know that anytime he needs you, you will be there. He's asking if he can have some candy, <laughs> if I have candy. Say, no. no, sweetheart, I'm not, I don't have candy. <laughs> mm. he's, he's okay. Mm. I'm drawing a line in the dirt across the front of the apartment. And this is going to act as a barrier and a boundary for him. He will not be touched. I will not allow it. How does he feel about that? I don't think he understands it. I think he sees it and he's wondering what I'm doing. He doesn't understand what I'm doing. I don't think he realizes the power that I possess or the power that he possesses. I think he just thinks I'm drawing a line in the sand. But I, I won't allow it. So how are you feeling as the adult mm. who is stepping in here to protect the little thing? I feel... I thought I would feel angry and rage against the stepfather. But I don't feel that. I feel almost a sense of empowerment, like I have this ability and power to deflect and to maintain stability and to protect this child. So I feel empowered and I feel, I feel bad for the stepfather. He has no idea who he's dealing with. So there will be no concern around that. I'm not worried in the least bit about the stepfather. He's nothing. He's in a place that he has no idea where he is at or what he's doing. He doesn't even know who he is. 
he's just a mess. And for him to have influence and an effect on this child, it's not important anymore. He can be where he wants to be, but he's not touching this child. How does your little funny feel about what you just said there? He's not touching this child. I think he feels really safe. He's just playing. <laughs> he's gone and played. With, he's playing with the other kids. I think he sees what I'm doing, and I don't think he's worried about any of it. I think he's he feels almost free or liberated, like he can go and just play without the fear or the anxiety or the worry that someone will hurt him. Mm. And I think he, he loves seeing me there in this protective stance. Mm. He wants me to come play with him. He just ran up and grabbed my hand. Go ahead. We're playing hide and seek. <laughs> He's got a light around him. He's, he's just brightened up. His face has brightened up and he looks fine. He looks fine. I just feel into anything else that uh, needs to be said or, or done here. Um, for this particular time with little Fernie, you can check in with the child and also check in with the adult. And you know, is there anything else that needs to be said or done between the two of you right now, at least for this meeting? And you can let him know, let the child know that um, you may be completing uh, for today, but that you're all, you'll always be there and you will be meeting again. He knows it. Yeah, good. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, then like, share, and review my show on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and for more information about myself and the work that I do, check out my website at www.fernandomarone.com. Till next time, kiddos, and be sure to have yourselves a namaste.